Looks like you're recording already. I'm always recording. It's been spinning for like two weeks. <laughs> you missed a lot of really good stuff. I bet. Private conversations. <laughs> yeah, inside jokes. Probably some stuff that you uh, wouldn't want to hear. Yeah, inside jokes. <laughs> uh, you look good. You got your... Uh, I'm inspired. The, I got my black shirt on. Yeah, yeah, you do. So do I. Tonight is blackout night at Alden Hebron what is for that? varsity basketball. Oh, it, I, I fully that? don't know, but I think it has something to do with like UV lights and wearing black. And oh, really? The, yeah, like a glow night or something. Yeah, they try to get everyone to wear black, and then I don't know where it goes from there. But I think it's more than just like wear black. Just come to the school and wear black. Or is there like a game or no, something? No, I think it's more than, well, you know, it's a varsity basketball game. Oh, gotcha. So, you know, all the, all the uh, people in the stands wow. are supposed to wear black. And then I don't know what to do with the lighting on it or whatever, but I'll find out tonight. Wow. Sounds exciting for, for Hebron. It's exciting for anywhere. <laughs> Hebron is leading the way. I bet. Wow. You know what I was The thinking? big suburban schools only wish, <laughs> only wish. That, that they could do a blackout night? I do. I bet they could. I bet they could, but they don't. You don't know that. I don't know that universally. Have you ever heard of it before? Um, no. Well, there you go. You went to high school. I don't hear most things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of a hermit, you know that. <laughs> I don't get out much. That's why you were in here for two weeks with the record button not having conversations <laughs> with yourself. <laughs> totally. You know, Some I do blankets do and a pillow under your desk here. <laughs> I do walk around talking to myself. You then when you have nothing left to say, uh, you play back what you recorded for the past week and listen to yourself, right? Just so I can remember. I probably should record everything because I, I have the worst memory. <laughs> I do, man. And then play it back like three times speed or oh whatever. Oh my to, gosh, it's, yeah. it is so bad. Uh, so you know what I was thinking? Hmm. We should do a podcast. Let's do a podcast. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. My name is Mark Chaffee, your friendly neighborhood podcast cruise director. This is Questions You Never Thought You Could Ask in Church, the only podcast you'll ever need. Here with my good friend, my pastor, my boss. As of last week, I'm thinking, hmm. You always have to add something. I do. I do. It it strikes me as odd that you always use that triplet, too. Well, my good friend, my pastor, my boss. It, it, it struck well, me as weird. I got to tell you, from a, like episode one. Really? Yeah, yeah, do, totally. Do you want me to stop? Well, it's got like a pace to it now. You, you got to be you, though. I mean, <laughs> a good friend, my bad. Yeah, it's got like the dun, I know, you got dun, the rhythm. It's right. very, it's very, yeah, right. rhythmic. So, good friend, pastor, and boss feels like me- a cut time. It's definitely it's like a six eight type thing. It's a swing. Yeah, I get a good friend, pastor, and boss. I don't know. You're the musician. You tell me. I'm going to set it to music now. Do you know concert pitch is set to A440? Yes. At least in the U.S.? I did know that. I didn't know it was different in the U.S. than it yeah, was. Yeah, it's slightly different. Yeah. I can't remember what it is. Uh, I should know this, but I haven't been in an orchestral scene for a long time. You don't have perfect pitch, do you? Mm-mm. No. I have pretty good relative pitch, yeah. but not perfect. Yeah. I had a college roommate who had perfect pitch. That's so freaky. It is freaky. 
it's like ESP or something. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. Dave Gadini, everyone say hi. Hey everyone. That was like the worst longest intro ever. It was, it was pretty bad. Well, this is a podcast where we bad, I don't know if it's bad. I just meant it was long. You just now said it was the worst bad. intro ever. I, I softened like it. Worst. I softened <laughs> it to it. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Now I'm no, getting thrown under no, the bus. No. Just because I said worst doesn't mean that doesn't equate to bad. Worst isn't like this is the longest. It's just the no, worst. Worst doesn't mean the longest. <laughs> There's some Ow. things that the longer the better. You know. <laughs> yeah, but I just need my desk. I mean, like I hit it with my knee. It's like. I don't need my desk. Well, I guess I do need my desk. You do need. Wow. Double entendre going on there. So this is a podcast where you guys, the listeners, submit your questions. Easiest way on our website. Questions you never thought you could ask in church.com. You can also do it over most of the social media channels um, at Can Ask in Church. Dang it. I messed it up again. At Can Ask in Church. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Get us your questions. I filter through them. I pick out the tasty ones and I sit down with Dave. He doesn't see him ahead of time. And I just start firing away and who knows where it goes. We got a good list today. You know, we do. This is a, this is a fun one. It's kind of a lot of serious ones, okay. which I know you like. Okay. So should we just hit it? Let's hit it. All right. The first question came in from the website. The Bible talks a lot about loving and showing hospitality towards refugees, foreigners, or strangers from another land. If a country limits its refugee intake or the benefits it gives them, is that government necessarily going against God's will? Not necessarily. It, it certainly could be, but I don't think it's a uh, it's an equal point of equation right there. I mean, yes, you do see throughout the Bible this, this call to welcome and love the refugee for ancient Israel to... Um, practice this this extreme hospitality to the foreigner within its gates, and you know it puts right. it in all different kinds of ways. I mean, Jesus himself was a refugee mm-hmm. at uh, in his early childhood. You know, when he had to flee to Egypt and stuff like that. So, I, you know, by no means do I want to be heard as trying to downplay or soft pedal the issue. Mm-hmm. No, we're called to absolutely love and show compassion to refugees, and yet the call to a government is sometimes nuanced, different than a call to an individual. Yeah, it's a very topical issue right now when we see what's going on in the southern yeah, U.S. Absolutely. border. So I'm not surprised to see this question. And I think a lot of people have hearts go out. But at the same time, you know, what is that line between protection? And obviously, it's difficult to take everyone in. For me, I'd love it if we could. Absolutely. And I think most people who are right spirited about this are mm-hmm. in the same place. And it's similar to me into the questions of can can a Christian be a soldier or can a Christian be an executioner or can oh, a Christian be a judge mm-hmm. in the sense that there's these calls that are placed on us individually, that, that we as individual people in our homes, in our families, that, you know, interpersonally, yeah. we're called to express nothing but the most extreme levels of love and hospitality to the people that we see and need, especially people who are displaced from their homes and yeah. have no legal protections or, or, or limited legal, legal protections and sure. whatnot. And yet a government or a state is often called uh, to something of, of a different nuance to maintain justice and protection for its people. And that can run into conflicting absolutes between a government policy and what we're called to do personally, just like a Christian soldier who is called at some level to turn the other cheek mm-hmm. is nonetheless called into a position to defend with force. That is so difficult because the government is a government of the people and by the people. 
So what you're saying is that though individually we may have these hearts that might stand differently than when we come corporately together. You know what I mean? It's it, Martin Luther had an interesting way of putting this. He called it two kingdom theology. Okay. And I'm afraid I'm opening up a can here. That, um, <laughs> oh, that is, never is happens on this podcast. To go too far, but but it basically is getting at the two ways God exerts His influence or His rule in the world, and you see this out of the Bible that that one way is through. I'm going to use the word church, but I don't want this to be understood as an institutional mindset, as though there's this organization trying to get a property and sway uh, public policy and right. things like that. It's just talking to people of God through the people of God uh, through our individual lives, but collectively then together, the salt and light impact where God is bringing his goodness and exerting his, his ruler, his will, if I can put it that way sure. into this world. Yeah. But you see Romans 13 is the classic example of God also saying, Government is something that's created by me. And fascinating in that Romans 13 context is he's saying that when arguably Nero, who was nuts, right. was the emperor of Rome, nonetheless going, government is something ordained by God because it's a way that God seeks to bring justice, order, mm -hmm. and, and exert rule in this world as well. This isn't to say that every government is, of course, acting in accord with right. the way of God, but the way that they exert their rule is going to look very different. So that while personally I may be called to turn the other cheek, the call of a government is far different. The call mm -hmm. of a government is to protect justice. Yeah. And, and protecting justice often doesn't mean turning the other cheek. And so, of course, that becomes a conflicting um, mm -hmm. set of principles when you as an individual Christian find yourself serving in a governmental role or even a democratic situation like we are today, yeah. where we have the impact uh, of, uh, at least in some small fashion, influencing representatives or public policy mm -hmm. or something like that. But it is just to kind of uh, flush out a little bit some of these struggles I think sometimes people have where they see at one hand, we are to have open, open hearts to refugees at all costs, but then going, yeah. does that mean government shouldn't have borders Yeah, as well? And, and I don't think that that conclusion can be drawn. Now, I'm not making a policy opinion here about how our government or other governments should navigate that and work through the issues. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just laying out the playing field, so yeah. to speak, that does allow for differences in approach. Yeah, it's an interesting tension to hold. And I think even if we look back at Jesus, if you think about what he railed a lot against the authorities and the power structures, but at the same time, you hear him say, especially in, in regards to like the taxes, hey, give to Caesar what's Caesar's, give to right, God what's right. God. So he is holding that tension as well, saying, listen, the government is corrupt. This is horrible. But you know what? This is the system we're in. And to some level, to some degree, we, we got to play ball. And I think at the end of the day, for the, the, the listener, it gets very easy to point the finger and blame the government for things that I'm called to do. Oh, yeah. So I, I take this refugee issue, and it's so polarized in the country mm -hmm. today and it's emotional as mm -hmm. well. But but I start to get a little disconcerted when I see people who are very good-spirited in the sense that, that that compassion and that love and that openness they have towards refugees mm -hmm. um, 
almost gets shelved because the government needs to fix this issue. Well, the government does need to address this right. issue. No one's going to deny that. Right. And, and I think our immigration system um, needs a lot of correction. Mm-hmm. However, whatever the government decides to do, we're still called to practice that love, compassion, and generosity oh, yeah. to our neighbor, even if they are a refugee or an alien, to use the biblical language, right. yep. you know, within the borders of the gates. So, yeah, don't don't use the government as an excuse to your own inaction. Talk to your representatives, mm-hmm. vote accordingly as you think, seek to influence public policy, but maybe even more, just start practicing what the Bible calls you to practice mm. the kindness, in relation the love, to the- those who are not, you know, native born of this country. Number two, Jesus said, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. I tried this with the lottery and it didn't work. <laughs> so what does he mean by believe that you have received it? <laughs> now, you know, I think a lot of us, a lot of us have tried that. Whoever you are, grades, and, lottery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you realize really quickly that it doesn't work. And I think that sometimes people, um, Christians, I've seen this among Mm-hmm. Start to then get all kind of like hot and bothered inside because they're they're like, oh my gosh, Jesus is wrong, and their whole like faith system collapsed. Like Jesus had never experienced this personally, yeah. or was like talking out of some place of complete naivety. Yeah. Oh yeah, and or I thought I believed it. Maybe I don't know what belief is. And oh so, well, yeah, you see that too, where people yeah. people uh, this they'll the even question their faith, yeah, their salvation, yeah. Like oh my gosh, I must not be saved. You know, I don't know if I believe it correctly. And, and, and let's put the funny times aside. Like you yeah. know, the good grades or, or the lottery is as great as those would be, and as as much as we get hung up with good grades in the moment. But you know, you see this with healing, faith healing, and oh, in faith yeah. healing movements a lot, where mm-hmm. someone is just afflicted, mm-hmm. be it something diagnosed or undiagnosed, be it cancer or some kind of I just don't know why, and then yeah. they start thinking they're outside the the grace of God because they're. Their illness remains. Um, I'm not going to go through every passage where Jesus talks about this. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just going to frame this in a couple of different ways. If you look in the Sermon on the Mount, but throughout Jesus' teaching, you will see that he will use a a device called hyperbole a lot, which is overstatement to make a point. Mm -hmm. We just use an example of turning the other cheek. Um, You know, better in the Sermon on the Mount is if if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. There are people who have practiced that literally throughout history but they have thankfully been a minority and and i think to do so a lot of blind people walking around yeah yeah a lot of people just stumps i mean come on i mean it's just (laughs) no hands no no legs no eyes no no ears no just a torso flopping around the ground bottomized and everything else it's (laughs) oh gosh yeah that'd be funny so jesus is inviting you in this passage to understand that God cares what you care about. God cares what you want. And he wants you to ask him and to go after God boldly, to pray boldly, to not go into these situations going, well, what if God hears me? I don't know if God hears me. I don't know if God wants to give. No, no, get your thinking straight about God. So it's more of a the timidity thing. Don't be timid, just be strong. And I would also say, don't be doubtful. Don't be doubtful about the character of God. How does Jesus put this? You know, if you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give to those who ask of him? Mm. If if your son asks you for a piece of bread, are you going to give him a stone? 
you know, if he asks for an egg, are you going to give him a scorpion? Those right. are Jesus examples. Depends on which of my kids. Uses. Well, yeah, of course. And, 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 and let's face it, you know, we, we've had to, as knowing these passages, do this with our right. kids, right? But, Zach would probably prefer the snake. Yeah, probably would. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so in, so, it, so in, yeah. in his case, it would be, which of you, if your kid asks for a snake, you're going to give him bread, right? I mean, it's... <laughs> It's like, oh, dad, I wanted a snake. We really have to morph it to our, our yeah. own situation. Yeah, so let's contextualize here. <laughs> oh, I love but, that. But get your, get your thinking straight about God, that God is a God who answers prayer, and that, that mm-hmm. the prayer actually does matter and mean something. God knows all things. He knows what you want before you ask him, but he still wants you to ask, and he still wants you to approach him in this yeah. way. And that doesn't mean God is going to give you everything. How do you approach it then? I'll bring up what you had said. You know, when you're talking about a major illness, say, and you got people just praying fervently and praying fervently, but the person succumbs. They're not healed. They're not. um, And sometimes people do land in that place of, oh, either A, God wanted them to die, or B, we didn't pray hard enough. You're opening a lot of different avenues that start to get deeply, deeply theological, which are are good. And I'm not trying to escape that, but let's answer the simple question. How do you respond? I love how Job puts it. Mm -hmm. Lord, you give, Lord, you take away. Blessed be your name. Yeah. So just real quickly to wrap it up, then the central question, just give me the, the short elevator answer. What does he mean by believe that you have received it? Sum that up. In your prayer life or conversation with God, approach it in such a matter as though God already knows what you want. God has your best interest at heart. And God is disposed to be a God who is filled with lavish blessing towards you. And when you pray, pray in that mindset. Just like when you ask your dad at Christmas, assuming your dad isn't like some flint-hearted guy like me, (laughs) but you you actually have some generous dad, um, that when you ask your parent for something at Christmas, you're asking them because you know they are disposed towards you. They like to get you things. They like to bring you delight. They like to surprise you. They like to lavish things upon you, right? We we as parents, we love to do this to our kids, all joking aside. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and so we ask our parents boldly in that place, Um, as Jesus would put it, almost like like you're already going to get it from them. And and it doesn't mean you're actually going to get it from them. This isn't like some trick you got to figure out, like, how do I convince myself I already have it? Therefore, it will materialize because I did God's formula the right way. It's missing the point, I think, of what Jesus is trying to communicate here. Ask for the Red Rider be begun. Ask for the Red Rider be begun. And leave the results to God. And if you get it, thank him. And if you don't get it, Thank him. I like that. I almost joined you on that last line because I knew what you were going to say. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're in sync, man. We are. We have like this strange symbiotic relationship. No, I guess that's the wrong. But it sounded really good because anytime you can use symbiotic, you know, it's like you feel all right. Right. But I get nasty emails from folks and saying, that's, that's (laughs) gross. It's not like, it's not like one of you is a parasite living off the other or something. (laughs) At least as far as they're aware. (laughs) (laughs) All right, moving on. Number two. Oh, wait. Three. Three. Trace. Numero. Dry. (laughs) San. How many many languages can you say? Count to ten in? Yeah. It used to be like seven or eight. 
Wow. But that's not impressive because that's like all I could do in like, you know, those languages. <laughs> it's, more, it's more impressive than what I could do. How about like just any random number? Any random number? From my, like, from like 47? <laughs> it's probably less than seven, you know? <laughs> okay, here we go. Suppose someone goes through life consciously doing wrong and hurting others with the belief that God will forgive them in the end. Will God forgive someone that lives like that and thinks like that? You want me to read you something here? <laughs> sure. Knock you on your butt, man. This, this is like one of these passages of the Bible that you just one, wish wasn't there. One of those butt knockers. Yeah. Butt let knocker me, uh, patches. Let me flip open here. And where I'm going to is uh, to Hebrews chapter 10. Okay. Uh, Hebrews is an interesting book in that it really speaks very directly into some of these these issues and questions like this that yeah. that feel like... Um, Theological loopholes, I oh, guess yeah. you can say, sure. you, you know, especially in light of a, a, an abundant grace. Let me start at verse 26, 10 verse 26. Okay. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified him, and who has insulted the spirit of grace? Whew. I, 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 okay. Right. Now, how do we unpack that? I mean, how do we put that into context? Give, give me a real life example of what that's saying. Well, I think a real life example is speaking exactly into the question you just gave. Mm -hmm. It's this mentality that creeps in that because I'm forgiven, it doesn't matter what I do and can do whatever I want. And that completely misses the point and right. defiles the very thing God did for you. Does it mean that we're not it, forgiven? It, it, it turns the relationship with God and the blood of the covenant into an insurance policy. Yeah. And it was never an insurance policy. Yeah. Very true. I, I think Mark, you got to take the passage for what it says. We all That's want to explain scary. it away. Yeah. I, I think we do a lot of disservice by explaining it away because what we do is we give people a false hope. Right. I, I think the state of, each of our souls in Christianity would look a lot different if we actually thought and believed and lived as though that was true. And all the while God is going, I, I gave you this message. It's yeah. in the canon for a reason. It's true. Do not trample what my son has done for you underfoot. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's, it's a very sobering, scary kind of thing. It is. But at the same time, I think we also have to recognize I'll ask you, even if you are intentionally going against God's will and sinning, come to your senses and repent, there's still going to be forgiveness. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and if it, I just want to make sure listeners aren't <laughs> going too somber and like, oh gosh, I'm done. Well, heaven forbid we go too somber yeah, or, or treat something holy yeah. seriously. Uh, is this not also guilty of kind of or betraying the fact that we all want God to be happy, happy, joy, joy, as though yeah. it's a consequence free reality that we live in, which, which anyone who, you know, has any self-awareness can go life, whether you believe in God or not, is not consequence free. Sure. And I, and uh, I would also say that denying it does not make our lives better. Oh, absolutely. Embracing it and then adjusting accordingly. Yeah. Makes our lives better. How much more with God? Right. Then you have to wonder of the sins we do commit 
or the sins of omission, how many percentage wise, how much of his unconscious, but realistically, how much of his conscious oh, you're, you're just saying, it. I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm doing it. A lot of it. And, and, and how, how much are we treading on very thin ice? Yeah. Completely using and taking for granted a gracious God that we're treating with utter contempt. Wow. That's powerful. Let's move on. All right. <laughs> I don't want to start thinking too much. Okay. Here Avoid come. the thoughts of reality. Avoid oh, the man. thoughts of I'm reality. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm joking here a little bit and, and maybe we both are to kind of relieve the tension. Yeah, on it, yeah. But, uh, Especially since we have to put a, like a, some bumper music after this, so we yeah, <laughs> lighten it up. At yeah, the end. right, right. Because yeah, that always works. That bumper music with a question like this, uh, the 1940s jazz hands folks hey, coming on, and you know it, right? You Show make, choir. You making fun of my music, man? No, I'm not making fun of him. I'm just saying it's kind of a non sequitur with a question oh, like this. It is. This is what we call transitory banter to get us to the next question. <laughs> you know, l- let me throw this out, Mark. Though a, a passage like this should scare the crap out of you and and it, it should scare you running to god in repentance going yeah sin exacts a price mm-hmm. and that price cost god a lot i'll put the reference for the hebrew scripture in the show notes online yeah i think that'd be good yeah do it hebrews 10 one more time and so if you are in this place realizing the the willful sin that you've lived in there is a solution to it and it is called true and genuine repentance hmm. run to god throw yourself on his mercy turn from your life of sin that's it yeah all right can i ask the next question now yeah what do you got this is anonymous from the website god commands us to remember the sabbath day and to keep it holy How would you grade Christians in following that commandment? And is it enough to just go to church, or should we remove ourselves from any other forms of work on that day? Yeah, it's an interesting question. It depends a lot about how things are being defined. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to take it in a very straightforward, literal fashion. If the Sabbath is the seventh day, and honoring or keeping holy the seventh day per Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5 is defined as not doing work mm-hmm. undefined of course in those contexts but sure. nonetheless not doing work well i would say that on a scale of one to ten we're probably like zero yeah agreed so is jesus apparently <laughs> well again i think it defined <laughs> depends upon yeah what you said what, well what how is, does jesus put it in john chapter five my heavenly father is working to this day and i'm working also and yeah. he said that on the sabbath day yeah just to confuse us all i think so for practical purposes what is that for us? What is what for us? The Sabbath and keeping it holy. Should I just not what, do what, any what, form of work on that day? What I suspect is <laughs> happening here is that you found a law in the Bible. Hmm. You're approaching that law as though, well, with, with the, uh, the mindset, it's given by God. It's absolute, mm-hmm. it's holy, and it's good. Therefore, I am obligated to keep that law. Therefore, I should do I, I I'm getting the sense yeah. that maybe that's what you're fishing out here or, or where you're going. Maybe. I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, if we're given that law, I'm just trying to get into the listener's mind here. If we're given that law on the Sabbath day, 
is the, I guess it is like, is there some other type of law we need to follow in regards to that? But that's what we saw the Israelites end up doing, making it so strict in every little thing. You can't carry water on that well, day. You can't. You know, let me ask you, Mark. Um, the nation of China has a lot of laws on their books. Right. Do you follow them? No. Well, maybe some of them. I don't know. Maybe Interesting. Maybe some of them. Yeah. But I why, don't know. why do you follow some of them? Probably because of the same laws we have, and I just don't know. Okay. And is it because it's the law of China that you're following it or the law of no. the U.S.? A, a lot of the laws right. that you even follow in the U.S., are you following it because it's U.S. law? Uh, some of them, yes, I know. Some of yeah. them, yes. You know, probably speeding, for example. Sure. Uh, but, but, I mean, obviously there's some, like, murder. <laughs> I know, don't follow that because it's a law. Primary to that is it's God's command. Even though it's probably on the books in China. Right. Well, ooh, yeah. Stinger. Okay, so so conclusions are drawn correctly, right? Yeah. Uh, do I need? I don't need to fill in no, the gaps. No, I think I think you're done. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I think I just got the smackdown. <laughs> you didn't get a smackdown. What smackdown <laughs> did you get? <laughs> what smackdown did you get? Know. I'm curious. I just, What's, <laughs> I just feel like I'm I was so just confused. Put, What's the smackdown? Maybe it was the tone of your voice. I felt like I was put in my place or something. <laughs> Hey, man, you're just the vessel. You're, you're speaking for the person who submitted the question. That's true. I, get, I you know, <laughs> You're taking this uh, personally. <laughs> I have been. I don't know why. It's like, I'm feeling more sensitive today or something. <laughs> Mark needs a hug. I need a hug. No, no, no. So, so think, this, this is the difficulty, what I'm trying to expose by this yeah. question, is, is that you're not under the law. The Sabbath day law is part right. of the Old Testament code, if I can put it that way. It's part of the Sinai code given mm-hmm. to the people of Israel. You're not under the law, period. Right. doesn't mean there isn't truth in the Old Testament law. Mm. It doesn't mean there isn't principles in the Old Testament law that reflect the, the transcendent purposes of God. But fundamentally, just like we don't fo- follow laws written in China, we don't follow laws that are written in ancient Israel. We're not under that law. And that's not to say that there's nothing good in there. There's many good things in, in, oh, the, in sure. the Chinese legal code, just like there's many, many good holy things that reflect God's transcendent will in Israelites legal code. But remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy is fundamentally a law given to ancient Israel. Right. Whew. You're not under the law. I think we, I think this, this actually may be another good topic to do an entire episode on just the law. Cause I think there is a lot of confusion, a, a ton, you know, yeah. and I also, think that we have said we should do topical episodes for a long time and i think we're on like episode 16 now and <laughs> we haven't done a topical yeah yet. Let, me, let me know when, whenever you want to yeah, throw yeah. A, a yeah and we can know. do some prep ahead of time meaning i'll let you know what topic sure, and we can just yeah you know, we can ramble christians on. in the law or something yeah, like yeah, that or yeah totally sure all right good one other one yeah okay this is mark's question yeah, yeah. like you or Ma- a different me. mark me okay I'm going to try to do one question each week. Okay. That's okay. And you can ask me one every week too. Okay. Okay. But it can't be hard. (laughs) A real surface level one. (laughs) All right. You ready for Mark's question? Yeah. Mark's question. You're stranded on a desert island and you just may be there forever. If you had to choose one non-biblical theologian to spend the rest of your days with, who would it be and why? They can be living or dead. I mean... You know, I'm dead on the island, but they would. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not. Gonna they would be resurrected. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I you gotcha. wouldn't be with a dead theologian. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. 
So open All right, thinking. so when you say a non-biblical theologian, what you're saying is basically I can't like pick Luke Correct. or Paul or right. something like exactly. that. Exactly. Right, okay. Something probably past the biblical time, you know, church father, modern yeah, day theologian. No, 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 it's, it's, it's easy for me. It's my wife. It's Tina. Really? Yeah. Wow. And uh, why? I mean, that's the other part. Well, because if there's anyone I'd want to spend all of my time <laughs> with if, in that kind of situation, it's, it's my wife, Tina. I mean... I thought you were going to say something profound about her insight and wisdom. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, hey, I mean, I guess wonderful. I guess if I can throw you the bone on it, I mean, she knows Isaiah <laughs> up and down. But okay, if you had to choose one non-biblical theologian who wasn't your wife, your kids, your family, or the co-host <laughs> of your podcast. So, so what we're, we're what we're doing here is we're removing the idea that everyone is a theologian, whether yes, they use that, exactly. that term or yeah, not. Yeah, just somebody. Yeah, maybe somebody who has influenced you, somebody who has influenced the church, somebody who'd just be like, hey, geez, this, I mean that's that's tough. Yeah. I mean, you know, there there's some of the more uh, recent example people, like you know, a C.S. Lewis or something like that. Right. That would be phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, you know, me with N.T. Wright. I mean, mm-hmm. to be able to just sit there and, and and draw from that man's mind and character would be oh, incredible yeah. there's people like dallas willard that would be high mm-hmm. you know i'm I'm thinking more recently sure. here but i mean how could anyone not go back into history either and look at anyone from like you know an augustine or mm-hmm. a luther or a kelvin or yeah. uh, you know an aquinas or yeah uh, but if you had, i don't know so if man. you're forced to choose well let's do this you can choose one modern day and then one and you can def- define where the dividing line is and then one ancient day. you know i'll just i'll just throw c.s lewis out there okay yeah if you're gonna force me into the corner on and i gotta choose right now it's <clears throat> that's a good one yeah i suddenly want to go read line witch in the wardrobe again. i know i know such a great series man and then 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 a brother too who was brought to faith by J.R.R. tolkien you're getting that world brought <laughs> yeah, in too, know. you know at least yeah. by extension and... oh yeah there's there's threads through through yeah. it all i heard this about lewis recently he used to play i i don't know if this is well it's not verifiable today but but i was reading something about him where he used to play this game with his students when he was a you know a professor mm-hmm. and you know you go into his office and there would be like the library the books like you know stacked yeah. everywhere and up on the yeah. shelf and he could ask a student to pick any book off the shelf and read just randomly a passage from within the book. And okay. I think I even heard it like it was a sentence or something though. I, though I don't know right. if that was a little bit of hyperbole on the person who was reporting this and he would continue on with the next sentence. No after that. way. He had this memory and this just is this visual, you know, eidetic kind of, Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, and again, I don't know how true that is, but I can't even but, remember the lyrics of the songs I've written. Oh, sh- tell me about <laughs> it. Right. <laughs> to do. Hey, did I ever tell you I've been to Narnia? Like legit. No, where is it? <laughs> it is. Please tell me no, you had to walk through a wardrobe <laughs> to get into it. Dude, when I was in college, somebody gave me this. Uh, <laughs> no, when I was in um, in Northern Ireland this past April, yeah, stayed at a beautiful cottage inn type place up on the uh, up on the coast, and it's where C.S. Lewis honeymooned at this place. And okay. apparently, the woods that are surrounding it. Are surrounding this place, this cottage, or what ins- yeah. yeah, or what inspired the forests of Narnia? You're kidding me! Isn't that cool? That's fantastic. And I'm walking around. There's like little waterfalls and these cool creeks going through. Yeah, yeah. and you c- immediately have to start thinking. Also, my mind's going back to the woods of Narnia, and I'm getting a total different picture than what I had in my head when I was a kid and read it, or when I was mm-hmm. you know later an adult and right, stuff. I'm like, right, right. I'm like, 
Wow. So this is what inspired C.S. Lewis. Huh. Pretty oh, cool, That's huh? kind of cool. That's very cool. Yep. That's how me and C.S. Lewis are connected. We're getting on here. Hey, do you want to do like a... Want to do a speed round or speed a, round. a quick fire? Speed round or quick fire. Which pick, one? Pick. You know, we, I think last time we did a speed round, we can do another two-minute quick fire. We Let's actually, do it. You know, we actually didn't finish <clears throat> up the Old Testament one. I know. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the extra 11. All right. We, we can do that. Quick fire. More Old Testament. So I get a full two minutes again? Yeah. Isn't that what we did last time? Now, last time you gave yeah. me two minutes for 20. Now you're giving me two minutes for the remainder? I mean, I'll take it. Well, you only got through a couple. You know, I got, actually, I have 15 here. Have you... Uh, have you cleaned up the questions this time? No. So there, no? No. Okay. These actually just pulled offline and, and the answers too. Yeah. And so I don't know. You're going to be throwing this garbage at me like what's the last word of this book? Like just exactly. utterly just, yeah. 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 There'll, okay. be, there'll be a lot of friend. Okay. A lot of friend. A lot of fun. Yeah. Fun for you. All right. You ready? All right. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Two minutes. Got to get the game This is quick fire. Question number one. What do Moses and Joshua forbid the Israelites to do in the promised land? They forbid them to do a lot of things in the promised land. I mean, look, read the Old Testament code. <laughs> Specifically? Specifically. Well, at what point? Give me the answer. What's, what's this uh, This online thing? In- intermarry with the natives. Well, I, I, that's like one of like a thousand <laughs> well, examples. Well, it wasn't going to be like, don't sin. Well, there's a lot of sins. Don't 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 take their idols. Don't don't worship their idols. But that wasn't respect necessarily the boundaries. a sin. Go, keep going. You just keep going. Like Thirty seconds. You, you, these questions. How, suck. Do, how does Absalom flaunt his brief overthrow of David's throne? Oh, something with his hair, isn't it? Nope. It gets, it gets caught in a tree, but isn't he? How does he do it? By sleeping with David's concubines. Oh, that's in right. I should have known that. Yeah. What do the deaths of King Ahab and his wife Jezebel have in common? They both like kind of fell headlong out like their window and were ravaged by dogs or something like that. Yeah. Which Jewish festival results from the events in Esther? Oh, um, Purim. Correct. Though she was a harlot, the prophet Hosea was commanded to marry who? Gomer. Which tribe of Israel looked after the religious aspect of life? Uh, Levi is what you're trying to get at, yeah. Ding. I should have said worship. Which king had the longest reign over the kingdom of Israel? Solomon. Jeroboam. Jeroboam. Two. two. The deuce. Jacob agreed to work seven years in order to marry who? Leah. Well, Rachel, but then he got Leah, then had two other sons for Rachel. Ding. Who was David's first wife? Uh, Michael. Ding. What was the name of Moses' wife? Which one? He had more than one. Zipporah. Who was turned into a pillar of salt because she looked back at Sodom and Gomorrah? Did I make it? Or was there more? No, there were more. There were more? Yeah. What's the rest of them? You don't want to save that for another quick fire at some no, point? No, man. That's painful. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. What's the name of Ruth's sister-in-law? Naomi. Oh, wait. Sister-in-law? Uh-huh. No, because Naomi's her mother-in-law. Right. Oh, who, who the heck remembers Ruth's sister-in-law? <laughs> um, Ruth, Naomi, and... Uh, Orpa. Um, or Is it? Yeah. Uh, that's that's what the interwebs say. It is Orpa? I didn't look it up, but yeah. That's what... Or, you know, or is it Oprah? No, 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 no. But the, <laughs> no, honestly, um, you're onto it. Um, Oprah's actually talked about this. 
she was named after Orpa, but her mom had gotten the name wrong. Oh, really? So Oprah is supposed to be Orpa, but so jumble flip flop the R and the P. Yeah, yeah, wow. accidentally makes you want to go up and look look up the story of Orpa a little bit more. I don't know how much detail there is. But. There isn't. It's like four verses, isn't it? In the beginning of Ruth one, yeah, the famine hits. You know, they go back to the wow. homeland and they she splits. That's freaky. The oldest man in the Bible, Methuselah, died before his father. How could that be? Wait, what? The oldest man in the Bible, Methuselah, right? He actually died before his father. How could that be? I'm losing you here. Who was his father? Oh, wait. Are you talking about Adam? Wait, wait, what are you talking about? Wait, Methuselah lived 969. Right. Who was Methuselah's father? Was it Noah? Enoch. Or Enoch. Yeah, right, right. And Enoch didn't die. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Enoch, <laughs> Methuselah, then who's after that? Then Noah, right? Right. That's kind of just a fun little. Yeah, that, that, that's that's clever. I and like he, that. Yeah, Enoch didn't die because he was I like taken that. up to heaven. Right. That was kind of a little fun one. Well, it doesn't say he was taken up to heaven. It just well, says he, he walked he with God and then he was no more. <laughs> <laughs> I think that happens to all of us. Um, Passover celebrated on which day of which month? The 14th of Nisan. And Nissan is what? First month. Nice. You're good. My daughter drives a Nissan. Does she? Mm-hmm. What is Joe? Liam Neeson's Nissan. <laughs> Does Neeson drive Liam a Neeson's Nissan? Neeson's niece. <laughs> on oh, his knees God. on a Nissan. How's, oh. You ever see that vine? No. My kids are obsessed with that vine. Really? Just just look up you know, YouTube, just yeah. Liam Neeson. It's like... <laughs> Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson's knees on Liam Neeson's knees on an ease on an ease on or something like that. I can't get it down. I've watched this thing like I've heard this like a thousand times and I can't get the oh rhythm of it down. Oh my gosh, but, that's hilarious. Yeah, sorry for that. Uh, here's a good one. If you know this one, this is pretty fancy. What is Joab's mother's name? <laughs> that's a tough one. Isn't it? I thought I'd, that was the last question I figured you'd never get. Um, Bertha <laughs> Wow Ding. No it's not It's Now what is it Zeruja Good name Yeah Second Samuel 2.13 Strong It is You don't get yeah. a lot of good Z names in the no. female word, world Well we should probably wrap it up Let's do it Thanks for listening everyone Make sure you hop on iTunes Give us a nice Five, six, seven star rating Whatever you can Leave us a review We are so glad you listened. Dave, can you uh, just take us out and I'll throw some music under you? Yeah, absolutely. Everyone, thanks again. Look, if you have any questions on God, life, theology, the Bible, things that you're trying to intersect or figure out about who who Jesus is, who God is, the Christian faith, how it compares to worldviews around, we just invite you to text them in or send them in on our website. You can go to questions you never thought you could ask in church.com. You can post them there. Mark will get them. We'll do our best job to just kind of help navigate you through. So God bless, guys, and uh, have a great week. Bye. You making fun of my music, guy? <laughs> Mark needs a hug. <laughs>